This is February 22nd, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky, and today, this is not a normal Bruins Beat. This is no, there's no guest. The, we record, as you guys know, on Mondays, uh, and Monday, because of President's Day and the Bruins being at 1 p.m., uh, made for very tough scheduling. I also have NCAA work to do tonight, so there was no real guest who would be able to slot in with the times I was able to do, so I'm actually recording this between intermissions uh, or between periods between the first and second period uh, of the avalanche game Bruins up one nothing but that doesn't matter because I was actually kind of happy when this idea came to me I was like hey I haven't done a Q&A with everybody in a while so nice to be able to do a QA. and um, and questions you asked there were lots of questions I put it up on Twitter I put it up on uh, YouTube community which I was like oh my, you know I want to make sure I get enough questions I got way more questions than I ever thought I would so I appreciate the passion and the questions. And I got to everybody's question, even if they overlapped, it will get answered. Um, so I hope you guys are having a great week. So yes, I love doing these questions and they all kind of center around the trade deadline. Go figure, right? Go figure right around the trade deadline. But um, you know, some of these are future things, future questions. Uh, some of these are current ones. Some of them are lineup questions. They're all pretty interesting. I actually like these questions a lot. There were no like, uh, this again, like it, it, no RAS questions, obviously he's retired, but uh, so lots of good stuff. Uh, we'll dive right in. We will dive straight in. Um, and again, I have it on my notebook. So for people watching on YouTube, I'm holding up. I have a notebook with like all the questions. Uh, I have it all written down. I'm a big handwritten note guy. I don't know. I, I Typing on the computer to me doesn't do the same. So having it in a notebook makes it feel more kind of organized. Like I kind of like that a little bit better. Um, anyways. Uh, Gavin on YouTube asks, should the Bruins go after a forward or a defenseman? He likes JT Miller. You know, what, what would it take to get them? And what I would say is what it's been the entire time. I think you gotta go for both, but you can't have the top tier of both. This is something we're going to hit on more and more as the show goes along. Uh, you can't have, you, you, you don't have enough assets for both. And we've, again, Connor and I've talked about this, Logan, everyone who's been on have talked about this. Um, and to me, I think the forward you want to go after is JT Miller. He's under contract for another year, you know, good young two-way center, uh, kind of prime of his career type of guy. Uh, you know, maybe a good chance you resign him after that. Um, and on defense, you know, if you can get a guy like a Nick Letty or a Scott Mayfield who can kind of solidify that depth. I think then you're cooking. Um, and again, as I said before, there's not as many options on D, right? You know, you, you, you up at center, it feels like there's a lot more than there are on D. Um, and again, I think, it, again, it comes down to you don't have enough to get Chikrin and Miller or Chikrin and Hurdle. Um, and I also wonder with guys like Mark Giordano, who we'll actually get to in a little bit, you know, does he go back to Calgary? feels like that might be kind of the move. I don't know if you guys saw the video that Calgary did for him uh, for his comeback with Seattle. It was actually a pretty good video, a uh, very good video. So uh, anyways, I think Gavin, you're right. I think JT Miller's the guy. I think that's who, who they, who would fit best with them. Um, Hurdle. I wonder if it would take a little bit more. Also, I'm very curious with Vancouver, if you could get something else with them, you know, if you could get JT Miller and um, somebody else. So 
Interesting stuff. I do think, though, it's going to have to be both. And again, we're going to get into this in a little bit. I keep saying we're going to get into this a little bit, but we're going to get into it about how uh, um, with on forward and defense, how maybe this team isn't as close to being a Stanley Cup contender as maybe we thought they would be at the beginning of the season. Um, Anyways, moving along, uh, James on Twitter says, love your pods, Evan. Thank you, James. Uh, Bruins, to me, look like a team that needs toughness all over the roster. They need D that can intimidate and move people out and forwards that can intimidate with hits and checks. Uh, who can get, who can they get in a trade? Delorier, Alexiak, someone like that. So I was kind of going through because the Bruins eating toughness thing has been a thing that's kind of been going around for a while and it gets mocked a lot, but I mean, it is something that's real. Like that's, you know, the blues kind of each in 2019 because they were bigger and tougher. Um, so there were a few, there were two names I have for forwards who are tough and who could maybe contribute. So the first one, and Mike Craddy, got to give Mike Craddy credit for this because was his idea. He he uh, messaged me about this a while back. Uh, but Zach McEwen with Philadelphia, if people remember, he fought Tyler Lewington back in like January at the Garden. Carries a cap of 825000 uh, He's a UFA after this year, I believe, or at least he's a UFA. Um, so he's, you know, a tough guy. He can contribute, but four points in 47 games. You know, Nick Delorier is another one from Anaheim. And that's a really popular one because that could be like Nick Delorier and Hampus Lindholm, right? You could put those together if you wanted to. And a guy like Nick Delorier, again, $1 million cap hit, UFA at the end of the year, that's fine. Eight points in 49 games. And I keep keeps going back to this. If those two guys are going to be in the lineup, right? They're tough. They're going to hit hard. They'll fight when you need them to, whatever it might be. But your fourth line is kind of fine. Bleed. Nosek, Lazar, like that works right now. And that looks like it's been working for a while. Why break that up for just kind of a goon? Now, again, every time I turn on the, a Ducks game, Delorier is fighting. And McEwen's definitely a good fighter and a good hitter and all those things. But is that worth a lineup spot? And again, it kind of goes back to stuff Bruce Cassidy said. And like, do, do you need that? And do you want a guy who can't play? And I don't know if Deloria and McEwen are really the guys. I don't think that, I don't know if they can really truly play in this system. You're kind of seeing it with Nick Foligno right now, which we'll get to um, in a bit. But I just look at those guys and I go, huh, I don't know. I don't know if you really want that in the lineup. Now on D, I think it's, it's a little bit different. I think, you know, you don't have as many roster spots on D, obviously. So I think you kind of want, um, you, you, you're not going for toughness, so to speak, on D. You'd like some, some size, but again, you have Forbert. It's kind of getting him to be bigger. As Bruce Cassidy said, be more like a prick. Same with Brandon Carlo. Like these are bigger guys, have them impose their will. So um, I don't think that toughness should be top of the list and things that they need. Um, But it's something that if you can get sure. But again, as I said, it shouldn't be um, a big thing that they, that they go after. Um, another question from Jeremy. Do you think a deal with Seattle can be done? This is an interesting one. The Kraken are be selling off pieces like they're a used car. Uh, 2C, Jared McCann, depth scoring, Mojo, or as you like to be called, Jojo. That was Marcus Johansson. Uh, defense, maybe a, a Giordano, Vince Dunn, Jeremy Lozon reunion. Not sure if the Bruins could get some of those guys in the package like JD, Stud, back at first. You know, this is an interesting one because I was looking at the Kraken stats and Jared McCann actually leads the Kraken in goals and points. Carries a $2.94 million cap hit. I believe he's a UFA at the end of the year. Um, I, you know, it's not a name that jumps out at me a lot. But again, the production's been there. He's right now listed as the third center on the Kraken uh, on the Kraken's depth chart. So I don't know if he is going to step in and immediately have that impact. You know, can you put him between Pasternak and Hall and kind of get Krejci like numbers or at least close to it? 
And, and again, I, I look at, you know, Marcus Johansson, I, you don't really need a depth winger right now. You kind of got those. And then on defense, Giordano, I think is probably going to go back to Calgary. I don't know if he's totally what you want. I think if you can get Giordano, great. Like, I think that is kind of an upgrade. Vince Dunn is someone who I think out of those three, because again, Lozon you had last year. I don't know if Lozon's really the guy you need. Um, or the st- he's not, he doesn't bring the stability that you want, right? You want a stable depth defenseman. Lozon doesn't really give you that. Vince Dunn's an interesting one because Vince Dunn, I do think at, gives you depth on the left side. But if you're carrying a left side of Grizzlick, Riley, and Dunn, they kind of all do similar things. I don't, you know, you kind of need, you'd like a shutdown presence in there. And I don't know if that kind of gives you it. Now, my whole thing is maybe you do go, you package, a, you do a deal where you get Dunn and Jared McCann in a deal, right? So, but to me, that's like a plan D or a plan C or even a plan E. Um, I don't think that's the top of your list. I think that's, as I said, kind of a worst case scenario. Maybe that's what you do. And so for me, um, I don't know what it would take to get those guys. I think you'd probably have to throw first in there and a pro, you know, some prospects, but again, I don't know, is that worth it? You know, and again, Sweeney's fairly good at getting crafty with these deadline deals, um, but again, the Kraken are be looking for picks. So you have to think of first is going to have to be in there. Um, so for me, again, I think out of those Kraken guys, I think Dunn and McCann, if you can get those in a package deal would be kind of the best move. But to me, I don't know if that's what you're really going for, right? You want a legitimate two C. I don't know if McCann is that, even though he's leading them in points and goals, I don't know if he's really that guy. I keep checking my phone to see if this updates on the Bruins game because I expect it to keep coming in. Um, so anyways, yes, the Kraken are an interesting team. They're going to be, as I said, they're going to be selling off pieces like a used car. I, I, I don't doubt that. Um, on to Sean's question. Sean hits it a question that I think a lot of people are wondering. Let me pull it up here. Realistically, are the Bruins in a buy or sell position for the deadline? Do they try to make one last run or sell off for the future? Here's what I would say. Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron are on the team. They're going for it, right? Like you've got to go for it. And Neely said this in the offseason. When you have those guys in your roster, you've got to go for it. You can't decide to get crafty. You can't sell, you know, like those guys want to win. And, and again, you also have Charlie McAvoy and David Pasternak who are having very good seasons. So you have kind of a core in place. Go for it. Like, again, like this is, you don't get cores like this all the time. There are a lot of teams, as I've said in previous weeks, they would kill for kind of the core that the Bruins have right now. Um, So to me, it feels like uh, they're going to go for it. They absolutely should go for it. I don't think you sell. Selling is a bad idea right now. Because again, then Bergeron's pretty much gone. There's no way Bergeron comes back to like, oh, I want to join, rejoin a rebuilding franchise. Like, I think you need to, you need to buy that. That is a hundred percent. I think the move right now, um, Mike asks an interesting question. See, I have Mike, I have questions on here all scattered about, um, Mike basically asked if the Leafs weren't able to unload Nick Ritchie, uh, what do the Bruins need to do to unload DeBrusque? I don't think this is a Nick Ritchie situation where it's like, Hey, who can we get this guy to? I think there, there was a lot of interest around Jake DeBrusque back when he first announced that he, or when it first got leaked that, uh, he requested a trade, um, but it comes down to getting the right deal. And we said this at the time, because again, if they, if they did struggling player for struggling player swap, that doesn't help the Bruins at all. Um, but if they can package DeBrusque for someone better right at the deadline, kind of like they did, 
kind of like the Maple Leafs did with Nick Ritchie, where they put Nick Ritchie with a conditional pick, sent him to Arizona. Um, if they can do that, that definitely works, right? Like you're still trying to contend. And also DeBrusque is a valuable piece. Like I know DeBrusque has been struggling of late, hasn't been uh, as good uh, as, his, his, uh, as he's supposed to be. But like, as we've said all this whole time, would it surprise anyone if he went to, you know, anywhere else and scored 25 goals every season? No, it wouldn't. Like he's inconsistent and he's streaky, but again, in a better system with, you know, stuff that fits him and opportunity, I guarantee he's going to do better. So you get a sell that way, right? Like you're getting a potential 25 goal score. Teams want that. So you got to kind of entice teams um, and get the right deal. I don't think this is, I think there are, there are teams that would line up for Jake DeBrusque if they said, Hey, we'll kind of take anything. Um, but it's getting that right deal. So I don't know if it's really a Nick Ritchie situation, uh, but what a debacle that's been. Poor Nick Ritchie. Ever since he left Anaheim, he's been everywhere. Uh, and everywhere, is, it's kind of, you know, it's funny. When he first came to Boston, I was like, oh, this is power forward who's, you know, former first-round pick. And, and you know, you can't, it makes an impact on the lineup. And then here, it was, even after he won the seventh-player award, it was like, well, it's okay. You know, he does his thing. You know, he kind of skates about out there. You know, there's a weird picture of him with the, hel- <laughs> the hair through the helmet. And all those things. So, and then you go to Toronto and that's even more scrutiny. And so now he's in Arizona where maybe he's going to get a chance. It's going to be him, Louis Erickson and Phil Kessel. That, that's, as I, as I tweeted, that is the real big three. That is the real big three. Um, all right. Ben asks, realistic goal for Lysel. So I'm going to, because we're going to get to Lysel's future, near future uh, later in this show, we'll say his NHL potential. To me, if Fabian Lysel can come up within the next five years uh, and be a stable, consistent top six winger in the NHL with the Bruins, preferably on the second right wing slot, right? If, if, if he gets brought up, uh, if he's with the Bruins in two years and he is uh, the right side behind Pasternak, you're good. You're good. If he can consistently produce as a, as a second line right winger and, a, and, and Taylor Hall might be his left wing. I mean, think about it. Like, again, if they move Pasternak back up to the first line, because again, Fabi- if Fabian Lysel can produce, put him with Hall. Um, and again, this is not like, I don't think this is next year. Fabian Lysel is pretty young. Um, but, and again, we're getting into Lysel, his near future later. But I think if you want, like, if you want to say, hey, what's a good career for Lysel? What's worth keeping him? If he can be a stable second line right wing, you're cooking. You're cooking. Because again, you have not had one of those in a long time. David Krejci's watching the Czech Republic like, damn. Would have killed for that guy when I was here. So um, realistic goal, stable, consistent, top six uh, right wing, preferably on that second line. Uh, Jay asks a good question. I just have to find it. I know it's about Sweeney, but he, he worded it kind of good. So I got to make sure uh, that, I, that I get it right. Uh, how can Don Sweeney possibly be interested with the inevitable rebuild? Can't draft, can't develop, can't trade. Uh, awful in free agency. So there was another question about this later, and I, I might as well just hit on it now. Um, about Don Sweeney and uh, his, you know, he's a free agent right now. He does not have a contract for next year. Pierre Lebrun said back in September that he sees Sweeney getting re-signed. There's no reason he sees Sweeney getting kicked to the curb or them hiring somebody new, which is kind of annoying to a lot of Bruins fans because I think people outside the market see, oh, you know, they make the playoffs every year, you know, Pasternak and, uh, you know, sort of some of these guys have developed and Brandon Carlo and Charlie McAvoy and people kind of leave out the 2015 draft and, you know, Frederick and Beecher and some of those things and some of the free agent signings like Backus And so, so it's an interesting case, you know, 
I had said back after the Bruins lost the Islanders in June that Sweeney probably wasn't the guy going forward. They needed somebody new that could draft better. Now the draft this past summer was actually pretty good. Like I, I think that's a, they, they did well in that draft. They picked the best guys. They, they did not, you know, look for toughness and grit <laughs> like they do with Frederick and guys like Beecher. They instead went for uh, the best available, especially with Lysel. Like I think that was a terrific first round pick. Um, and I don't think that's one of the, and even if Lysel doesn't pan out, I don't think you can look back and go, oh, the Bruins blew that pick. Like, no, that was the best guy available at that slot. So, I, I, you know, I don't think they're headed for a rebuild right now. Again, you've got McAvoy locked up. You got Carlo locked up. You have Swayman in net. You have Olmark in net for a few more years. Um, up front, you got Marchand for a little while. Uh, the issue, the hole is, what do you do about down the middle? That's the big question. Again, Stadnika hasn't really panned out to be a, a top six center in the NHL. Frederick, same thing. Beecher, eh, watch the watch Michigan a little bit. It's tough to tell, but doesn't seem like the top six gene is in him. Um, but again, fa- fast kid. So we'll see. He's also young, so who knows? Um, you know, I, I think they ultimately go with Sweeney going forward. Um, but you're right. I mean, it is sketchy, some of the stuff that he's done in terms of drafting. Uh, and free agent signings, even look at last offseason now, you know, the Felino deal, Hala, Nosek, you know, was it truly worth it? Should they have just gone for somebody bigger? It Jerry's still got out on that, I guess, with Felino, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, but yeah, it's a good question. I, but again, I think the reason that Sweeney will stay, they keep making the playoffs. Like they'll make the playoffs this year. They'll be in. They'll be in. Like they, they'll be competitive. They're going to buy at the deadline and they'll be a competitive team, which is what they want. So it's hard to say, hey, goodbye, buddy. Like, see ya. Especially to a guy like Don Sweeney, who's friends with Cam Neely and has been in this organization for a long time. Like, it's not easy to just be like, see ya. So for me, I do look at um, Sweeney and I say, well, he's probably going to be here next year and in the future years. Um, you hope that the drafting gets better. You hope that the free agent signings are a lot better. Um, but I don't think they're going to go into a straight rebuild. I think this team cares a lot about making the playoffs. So I do think ultimately they're going to kind of do a rebuild on the fly, which Sweeney did kind of execute fairly well. I don't think like... The, the rebuild on the fly between like 2015 and 2017 wasn't all that bad. Like they got them into contention pretty quick back in the cup final uh, a few years later. So for me, it's a good question. And it's one that I think in a perfect world, you would get a new general manager, but given what they have and given the situation, I don't see him going anywhere. Um, and I think he will be entrusted uh, with the next rebuild safe bet. I guess that he'll probably be uh, re-signed. But when we're talking really good safe bets, we're talking about our good friends over at Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is still the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right down to your favorite, right down to the Olympic coverage and uh, right down your favorite Vegas casino games. It's the best in the business. BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Again, promo code CLNS50, BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so right back to the question. So we've had some kind of all over the board. Um, an interesting one that Alex asked, 
He said, think the Bruins will look to attach a draft pick or prospect to either Felino. Whoops, drop my phone. Think the Bruins will look to attach a draft pick or prospect to either Felino or more in the offseason to get rid of their cap hits. I will do you one better. The buyout market. I think they buy him out. I think they buy out Nick Felino uh, this offseason. I think that is it. Given So here's if the Bruins were to buy out Nick Felino this offseason, the cap hit for 22-23 for Nick Felino would be $1.9 million. And the next year it would be 933,000. Again, very palatable cap hits, very palatable. And I think ultimately would not be surprised to see them buy out Nick Felino. It just, again, he's been in the lineup. He's in the lineup on Monday. Like he's a really good personality and a fun guy. Um, but I, I, I don't think that, um, I don't think that they keep him next year. I think they buy him out. Um, that would be my guess. Just given the, the the money, I don't think the money's too bad to buy him out. And again, you can use his roster spot for a younger guy um, or somebody else, like getting a, a, a better fit. Again, it just kind of comes down to Nick Felino's game doesn't really fit the Bruins. Like I think Nick Felino's game would have fit the Bruins five years ago, but not now. The game's gotten fast. Cassidy wants to play fast. Felino doesn't fit that. And so it's nothing against him. It just doesn't isn't a fit. And his game is sort of looking a little bit older. Uh, this season john moore is an interesting one again john moore's buyout cap hit of 1.25 million next season cap hit of 750,000. the season after that which would be 2023 24 again that's palatable numbers to buy him out so again i wouldn't be surprised to see a john moore buyout either um so those two might not even have to get you might not have to give a pick or a prospect just buy him out like i think that might be more the move with those two guys um greg asked on twitter likelihood uh sweeney's resigned i would say it's fairly high as i just said like i i don't see um him not getting resigned just given the relay again if this was an outside general manager if this was a guy they hired off the street um a few years ago then it's different but again he's been in the organization knows it like former bruin i don't see them moving on from him um jacob asked for a year-by-year oral history of the bruins dating back all the way to 1924 jacob Let's start right now. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll do it straight through. No. Um, hell yeah. That'd be, uh, that'd be so fun. A podcast, just an oral history, just going through the hockey reference page. of like every single thing that happened every year, you know, uh, Milt Schmidt scored this game and we get all into those things, but um, yes, uh, very interesting history. We'll not be going through it in full. <laughs> Usually I try to keep the episodes between like 30 and like 40 minutes. That would be much longer, much, much longer. Um, and, and I think there's some years, recently that people wouldn't want to hear normal history of just bringing back some bad memories um dk score fantasy points asks should the bruins be selling instead of buying i just don't see any addition giving the bruins a good shot at the cup that's a valid point so here's my here's my counter to this because i think dk i think you're right and gavin asked this on youtube uh, community as well so both of you guys i think you have a real point you know if you add jt miller to this lineup are you now better than the Maple Leafs or the Lightning? Probably not. No, I, I don't think you're favored against those guys. And again, my prediction for the second half was that the Bruins like upset the Panthers in the first round. I believe that still could happen. But against Tampa, does JT Miller like set you over them? I don't think so. Um, you know, getting Lindholm, Hanfis Lindholm on the back end or, um, you know, a depth guy on D. Does that set you above those teams? No. But here's why you go for it. A lot of people forget 2019, the reason they were in the cup had less to do with them and more to do with everybody else. Tampa was out. 
remember they faced Toronto in the first round, beat them in the first round as they usually do. <laughs> Second round, they faced Columbus because Columbus beat Tampa. And then they didn't have to face Washington or a tougher team in the Eastern Conference final because they got Carolina. <laughs> they got Carolina. And then they got St. Louis in the cup, which should have been a win. So again, the NHL playoffs are weird. They're crazy. Anything can happen. Now, am I saying the, this is going to happen again where the, the seas are going to part and you're going to have a straight shot to the cup? No, but it could happen. And I don't think the Bruins want to be in, a, be in a position where they don't do anything at the deadline or they sell and then they see the playoffs are just complete bananas and they go, oh my God, we could have played, you know, so-and-so. We could have played, you know, a, a much less good team than we thought we could have in the second round. Um, and look at, I mean, Montreal made it to the cup final last year. Like anything can happen. And I think this group sincerely believes so long as we make the playoffs, we're fine. Like we can make anything happen. So I think, again, I think that's why you buy. And it goes back again, you have, Mar- you know, you have Martian and Bergeron, but it also goes back to like anything can happen. So for me, I totally understand. Like, you know, again, this is not like the avalanche who if they got Claude Giroux or now like a juggernaut. If you get JT Miller, it's short, you know, it definitely fills a hole, at, you know, near, a future and uh, far out, but I don't know. Like, I, I again, it, it it comes down to anything can happen um, in the postseason. Uh, Bruins watcher asked me, "How many fifty goal seasons are you projecting for Fabian Lysel? Over under seven and a half? I say he has twenty seven. He plays for twenty seven seasons and scores fifty goals in all twenty seven of those seasons. Might, might even have more than fifty in some of those seasons. Going to score all over the place." No, um, I think he's going to be a very, very solid NHL forward. Um, that's what I get. That's, that's what I'm predicting. I think he will uh, be skilled. As I said, as long as you can get, you know, stable, consistent scoring out of him, you're good. Like, that's worth it. Um, Trevor Stoneman asked, odd man out if they add on defense? It's a good question. Uh, if they add on defense, there's going to be at least one player that's the odd man out. And who do you think that'll be? My money's on Clifton, but then that leaves them weak on the right side. So it depends. I think if the Bruins add a left shot defenseman, it's much more interesting because it's either going to be Riley or Forbert out depending on matchups. Now you also have to consider Erho Vakaninen. Now Erho Vakaninen could be going back in a deal, uh, but if he stays, let's just say like it's all the defensemen they have. Uh, Vakaninen's probably out. It's also just whoever's hot, right? Like Cassidy usually just rides with the hot hand um, in his lineup. So, it, you know, if Forbert's playing ex- extremely well at the time, they go with Forbert. Um, if Riley's playing really well or Vakaninen, that's what they go for. Uh, my guess would be if they had a left shot. Let's say they had like Hampus Lindholm, right? Let's say they had Hampus Lindholm. I'm just saying it. They had Hampus Lindholm. It would be Grizzlick, Lindholm on the left side for sure. And then I would guess that, uh, oh, Patrice Bergeron just scored. I just got a notification about it. You won't be seeing a gift from me, unfortunately. Uh, but Patrice Bergeron did just score. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter to you guys because you're listening way after. So it doesn't even matter for you. Um, but again, if they get Lindholm, it would be Lindholm and Grizzly on the left side. Then you're rotating through Riley, Forbert, Vakaninen. And that's based on matchups. If you're playing a bigger, more physical team, you're putting Forbert in the lineup. Uh, if you're facing a faster team where you need more puck movers, you're going with Riley. So I think it comes down to matchups. Now, um, maybe they could move a guy over to the right side to take over for Clifton. Um, but I think they like kind of having that right shot defenseman. I also think, um, if they added a right shot defenseman, I think it's definitely Clifton's the odd man out. I don't think it's even like a question. Again, if they went out and added Scott Mayfield, you would have McAvoy, Carlo Mayfield, even though Carlo has been 
way under expectation this year. You still need him and he's still important and you still hope he breaks out. Um, so to me, Clifton would then be the odd man out. So I think it comes down to just matchup, especially um, on that left side uh, with, with defense, but it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting little conundrum they have. So it's a conundrum. Um, okay. So one question I said, we would get to this about uh, Fabian Lysel, Benjamin uh, Dolly Mount and um, David on YouTube asked uh, questions around Lysel's future. Benjamin said, eventually when the WHL season comes to an end, what do you think best fits Lysel playing the rest of the year of this year in Providence or trying it with Boston or another, op, uh, another opinion. Um, so I am not as familiar with the WHL and, and kind of the developmental path as I am with like college hockey, right? College hockey. I always, I always say like two years, for instance, like I tweeted the Luke Hughes goal that he had against, um, Ohio state, which was just insane. I mean, just like watching that live was like, Holy crap. Like, I don't think like just a Luke Hughes aside, that kid's going to be freaking good. <laughs> like better than Quinn. He's bigger. He's, he skates just as well. He's got great edges, like ridiculous skill, good in his own end, but play another year. Like I always believe two years is a good point for especially really elite college uh, players. Do two years, always do two years. It can never hurt, you know, because I, mean, I always say, I, I guess it's Kale McCarr bias from UMass, but like you look at Kale McCarr, and some others, it's just like, do two years. You know, you're seeing with Owen Power this year a bit. Um, so I can't speak to the WHL as well uh, as I could with college hockey. But what I will say, um, seeing him in Providence would be really good. I think, again, I think he's ready. He's tearing up the WHL this year. I believe he has like 38 points in 32 games. Um, so for me, I think he is absolutely someone who could fit right into Providence. And I don't think he'll come to Boston. I don't think that that's going to take place as quick. And again, I think a lot of people make the Pasternak comparison and not to be cliche, but every player's developmental path is so much different than the other. So I wouldn't be totally comparing it to David Pasternak. Um, However, I would say that getting him in Providence this year, I think would be good for his development. I think ultimately like that would be a good move. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, there was a goal he had the other night in the WHL and like he snuck behind the D and got a great breakaway. Like, I think he's going to be very good. We'll get into actually, there's another question about Lysel later, um, even nearer future about this deadline uh, where we're talking about some interesting points uh, with him. Bruins fan 71 asked who are the Bruins scouting and why I cannot confirm anything at this time about who they're scouting, because again, they never really say who they're just like at games. Um, and scouts have to go to games anyway. So it's hard to tell like which ones for trades and stuff like that. Um, my guess is, and as a guess is not like confirmed or reports. Um, but my guess is they're scouting, you know, potential second line centers and defense. I also think they're looking at guys who are not your typical targets. So kind of like Charlie Coyle was a few years ago, um, where like, those were not the biggest fish in the, in the pond. Um, because again, the, the Bruins do not have all these assets that other teams like the Wild might or the Rangers might. So I think it's also outside the box thinking too, but big moves still. So nothing confirmed on that front, but that's my, that would be my guess um, to that. So um, Nick, uh, Nick Crasco asked me uh, through Twitter DMs, which is also fine. You can totally ask me um, stuff through there as long as it's reasonable, right? Nothing, nothing crazy. Um he asked me two questions. Uh, one centered around, does Don Sweeney go all in? And the second being around, uh, he would trade Fabian Lysel for only for a legit NHL center under contract because Bruins are not good at developing forward. So we'll start with Sweeney. 
Does Sweeney go all in? I believe he does. Yes. I think you have to. Again, I know, as I said earlier, like you're not better than Florida or Toronto or Tampa on paper. And I don't think the deadline is going to get you there, but I still think you got to try. You, you owe it to Bergeron. You owe it to Martian. You owe it to the fans. You owe it to everybody to try. Um, and you have enough assets to, to make moves. Like again, you have Jake DeBrusque, you have Stanika, you have first round picks, you have Vakaninen. Um, are those as hot as some of the other teams' offers? No. Uh, and I guess in a worst case scenario, you have Mason Lowry and I guess Swayman, which now would be very hard to trade because Tuka Rask is gone. Um, so this this hits it. The next question would you know would you trade Fabian Lysel? Really comes down to that. Um, I understand the idea. And by the way, if, if John Sweeney traded Fabian Lysel this deadline, he would 100% be going all in. That's a sign that he is 100% going all in. Um, to me, I would only do that if that's all the team will take. If Vancouver says we are only doing deals around Fabian Lysel, then you have to consider it because JT Miller would be a legitimate addition to this team. He's under contract for another year and uh, you can maybe get him to re-sign. Same with San Jose with a Tomas Hurdle, right? He's not under contract for another year, but if you can get kind of that verbal, like, I'm going to re-sign, I want to re-sign, then that's good too. But it's tough to give up a guy like Lysel. So the interesting, the other interesting point Nick makes is this team has not been great at developing forwards. Um, you can go down the list, Bjork and DeBrusque and Heinen, like, they're not great at it. We've talked about this on this podcast and poke the bear numerous times this is not like a well-kept secret everybody knows this but for a guy like Lysel he gives you and there's a reason people keep kind of mentioning Pasternak with him and not that they're the same but that Lysel kind of has that ceiling of like this could be a really elite player really elite player now granted DeBrusque was another one who people thought okay he's gonna be a goal scorer in the NHL so it's the same kind of thing and again Jack Stadnika was also a guy who coming out, people were like, this is the next guy down the middle. This is the heir to Patrice Bergeron. And that has not happened yet. It doesn't seem like that's ever going to happen. Um, so to me, I, I, I'm hesitant to deal Lysel unless it's for a much better player, again, who you can keep under contract. But I mean, again, the idea of how it comes down to, I guess, if you want to put it like in easiest terms, it comes down to, do you want, uh, the potential of a really elite or, you know, a really elite top six winger in Lysel, or do you want kind of a, um, a current fix to the center situation where you have a potential uh, top six winger or top six center, excuse me, um, in JT Miller or Tomas Hurdle comes out of that. Now I just have a tough time giving up on a really top prospect but another thing to think about with these things, think of how many, along with the fact that the Bruins have not been good at developing forwards, they've also tanked the value of their forwards, right? Danton Heinen and Ryan Donato um, and Jake DeBrusque. And you can go out th- through, the, through the list of these guys who th- the value has gone down so much. I mean, there were talks Jake DeBrusque could be dealt for, you know, um, I believe it was like Ryan McDonough a few years ago. Um, and again, there's these, there's these deals and these forwards, so they just kind of let the value plummet. So this is kind of like a stock, not to get too big into stock talk here, but it's kind of like, you know, you, you've got this, this really promising young player. Are you going to invest and say, hey, we predict that this guy is going to be a cornerstone of this team for the next 12 years, 15 years, or, hey, we're going to sell him really high 
and get someone we know can come in and make an impact. And then I kind of get hung up on, well, you, you want the guy to come in and make the impact like JT Miller, but do you, do you think you're actually going, are, are you sure that you can be a cup contender within the next two to three years with JT Miller and Martian and Pasternak? Like then it becomes that. So it comes down to, do you have a plan at center? And do you really want to give up a guy like Fabian Lysel? I still would rather not give up Fabian Lysel. I would rather hold on to him and, and, you know, again, trading Lysel would be the last option. But if Vancouver says, hey, it'll, you know, we're not going to ask for a first. We just want Lysel and, you know, another couple prospects or something like that. Then maybe you got to listen to it. But again, I wouldn't want to trade Lysel. I wouldn't want to trade Lowry. I wouldn't want to trade Swayman. Those are my three untouchables in the system right now. So, uh, and by the way, the questions that Nick asked, um, Connor with one N asked a similar question about Sweeney going all in. Connor with one N. Connor with one N isn't even here today. Connor Ryan. Um, but so, um, yeah, we hit on all the questions. I believe, I don't even know how long this went because um, I'm recording. I'm not recording this in the normal uh, way that I record it. So I don't have the timer. Um, so yeah, I, I hope I answered all of your questions to uh, the best uh, of your hopes and to best of my abilities. Um, but very interesting stuff. A lot of deadline stuff, um, toughness and Sweeney, a lot of Lysel, a lot of Fabian Lysel stuff. Maybe I'll name this episode. Like, will the, you know, should the Bruins trade Fabian Lysel? Let everybody kind of get all in a huff about it. Um, anyways, we'll do this more. I'm also, I think people have been wondering about this. I, I saw someone ask this on YouTube and I apologize for not uh, getting back to you on YouTube and getting back through here. Um, but someone had asked, you know, can we do like a live Q and A with you and Connor? And yes, I think we absolutely can. Right now, it's just I'm very busy with um, NCAA.com stuff and other things, um, so that just hasn't happened yet. But I imagine around the playoff time, why not? That'd be so fun. Me and Connor just answering your questions, sitting back, you know, just having having a good time. That's my first sip of water, by the way, this entire episode. So I've got I went I went a long time without having to take a drink. So I feel like that deserves like a little pat on the back. Um, also another programming note, I, there, there's a very good chance someone's confirmed that there will not be Bruins beat next week. I know, I know, I know I'll be in Utah. I'll be in Park City, Utah. I'm mentioning this for YouTube because the intro for the, the podcast edition of this, um, I will include this in, I think. Um, so, uh, this is for YouTube and for people who are still listening on the podcast, which hopefully you all are, uh, there will not be a Bruins beat next week. I'll be in Park City, Utah, the way that the trip lines up. Um, it just isn't conducive to doing a podcast in advance. Like if I were to do a podcast in advance, it would be done like a few days before and things change quickly. And I don't just want to rehash all these things. I want to talk about things that like are current and I don't want you to be listening to stuff that like happened a long time ago. Um, so no Bruins beat next week. Um, so never fear, maybe re-listen to this, go back and listen to some other stuff um, or listen to some other great Bruins podcasts too. There's a lot of good ones out there. So you get a you get a break from listening to me for a week. That's an, uh, maybe that's really bad. Maybe that's really good. Who knows? Hopefully it's hopefully you're really sad about it. Um, anyways, uh, that is this week's Bruins beat. Again, doing more Q and A's as we go along. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins beat listeners have an awesome rest of your week. Mm-hmm.